step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right. And you know what? The longer it takes us to figure that out, the better we are. The better we are. We just keep working. And we just keep getting better, all right? Bitch, I'm a niner from the earthquake country. I can make the earth shake. About to bring it back like the 89 earthquake. Throw a pass at me, I'ma catch it like Crabtree. Who got the kush, cause the smoker gotta have tree. And pass the joint, cause the player gotta have mo. I split a blunt down the middle like Frank Go. A quarterback don't bullet like Kaepernick. And take a poodle out the game like Alex Smith. Red and gold, that's the color of the realest. Staying on my toes, call me Patrick Willis. Be back up in it, cause my team winning. I'm the comeback kid, all I need is one minute. We winning like the 80s, it's a Super Bowl City Fit and take another ring home, Super Bowl City Ain't nobody fucking with us I got red and gold in my cup The Wild West got the game turned up Who got it better than us? Break for 85 yards if he opted hella quick. New stadium, new ring, same team. Hard since keys are 49ers. We are hating on the city, but they can't hold Quinn. I fuck the court, crap free, and both win. Breaking records like we throwing vinyls. Daily Davis, you body the whole line go. That's the Bartolo name, the Super Bowl affiliated. Bowman and Willis, such a frame, and you gon' really hate it. We elated, not a fan. Is a fine man, do it like the 80s and move right by the Rams. Seahawks, real life, no weak talk. Go hard on the corners, never take a weak talk. Ain't nobody fucking with us. I got red and gold in my cup. The Wild West got the game turned up. Who got it better than us? What you heard, I'm a baby from the 80s, I was born on the turf, I go back like Garrison Hurst and be young, diamonds on my fingers, so just call me Steve Young, like Justin Smith, I go hard on the defense line, let a hater hate, I'm still gon' rip my hip, come to kick off, bet I'm gon' run it all the way home, yeah, I'm gon' red and gold, bloody, come and get it if you want it, yeah, we gon' set it off, do you like Whitner, rip your damn helmet off, I'm lucky number seven, cause your boy deliver, throwing bombs from the bay over the Mississippi River, they ain't messing with us, put the subs to the projects, do the Scott Steiner, kiss your bicep, uh, soon as we touch down, we gon' burst out, run through them like Borg, going for the first down. Ain't nobody fucking with us, I got red and gold in my cup, Wild West got the game turned up, who got it better than us?
What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Niner Faithful. How's everybody doing? Hope everyone had a blessed week. You know, I live in California, so it's kind of hard for me not to have a, a blessed week, you know. It was like 80 degrees every day to, this week. So, you know, kind of hard to have bad weather. But I'm very glad that y'all joined us today. First of all, we want to start off the show by saying happy birthday to Niners cornerback Greg Maven. Uh, I'd like to give out birthday shout-outs to all the players. So it's his birthday today. Everybody deserves a birthday shout-out, right? Okay, so let's get started. Let me get out my notes. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Niner Faithful. Hope everyone had a blessed week. Today, I got on a very, very special guest. Now, as y'all probably know, and y'all have probably seen, because I won't shut up about it, we all know Dwight Clark died, and so um, that really touched me. And here on the Mercury News, there was an article about a woman who was making this DVD uh, that was put together in the 90s when three Niner, former Niner teammates that were all part of the 1964 team all caught ALS within a matter of a couple years. Of each other, and it was it was a real big deal, and it was really trippy. They looked into the everything from the facility in Redwood City to fertilizer they used. I mean, everything to try to figure out what happened. And we'll bring her on in a second, so I don't want to slaughter this completely. But from what I understood, twenty-seven different Niners and people from the Niners that had to do with the Niners got together and made a video project of 27 different players and coaches, all different types of things, giving their oral histories about the team. And I think that's pretty cool. So when I read this article, I went ahead and reached out and decided I have to bring these people on the show. I mean, I don't care who it is. I just have to bring somebody involved with this onto the show so I could do my part to help bring awareness to this and, and see what we could do about raising some money. So through some emails and, and some work and uh, God's blessings, I was able to bring on Julian Hutton, the CEO and founder of – man, where did my notes go? Everything's always getting deleted. People need to leave my stuff alone. Good thing I have backup notes. Oh, man, this is totally horrible. I seem like the worst show ever. So we're, we're, we're going to bring it on, and you know what? Let me explain. Uh, I guess I'll have her explain what everything's going about. This is horrible. Hello? J- Julia, how you doing? Sorry about that. Um how are you doing today? I am so happy because I'm on your show. Oh, thank you. You're making me blush. So why don't you go ahead and since people want to delete my show notes and I have to find them, why don't you go ahead and, and tell people about exactly how this project came about? Well, um, this uh, DVD that we have been making, producing, is um, – has it, it started like 
one 30 years ago, and I and R.C. Owens, if, you, if the fan base remembers R.C. Owens and Y.A. Tittle and the alphabet backfield and everything, they are um, you. R.C. Alley-oop, yep. And he came to me because he knew I was in the video publishing business, and he said, I have an idea. What I'd like to do is get all these all these alumni, all these football veterans from the 49ers together and have them tell their backstories, not the stuff that, you know, you usually hear. And so I, and I need somebody that will help with the video part. And I said, oh, that sounds like an interesting project and fun to do. Let's do it. So we did it, and we put together this whole videotape. And then um, the NFL said to us, "You can't use, you can't, you can't use the material that's in there. You can't. It's it's copyrighted by the NFL, and you don't have permission to use it." So we said, "Oh," and put it on a shelf and forgot all about it for almost thirty years, and then. I was in San Francisco area, in the Bay Area. I, I now live in Hawaii. And I heard Aloha. about Dwight Clark. I, I heard about Dwight Clark on TV, and I went, wait a minute. This is disgusting. We have to do something about this. This is just awful. My heart was broken along with everybody else's. And so I called my friend, and I said, let's get those tapes out and resurrect this project and make it a fundraiser for ALS. And we asked fans to send us material, and they did. And the NFL gave us permission this time to use footage in it. And it just turned out to be this really cool piece, historical piece, that any, any fan will have to have in order to totally understand football in San Francisco. I mean, I've seen, of course, the um, press release and the video you put out with the press release, and, I mean, it got me choked up. I mean, I, I will admit that some of these players I've never heard of being 32 years old. You know, I'm not ashamed to admit that. It bugs me. I mean, it, it bugs me when somebody plays for the Niners and I don't know who they are, so I go research them and, and found out. Like, um, one of the players that, that, that this project – basically came about with one of the players that died of ALS in the 80s was uh, Matt, I know I'm going to say his name wrong, Hazeltine, right? I said it right? I think that's fine, yes. Okay. Um, but he played 14 years for us. And I remember when I first read this article in the Mercury News, I looked at my friends and I said, um, I looked at my friends and I said, this isn't right. Like, this man played for the Niners for 14 years, and I have no idea who he is, and he's died of ALS. And what reached me about and touched me about your project so much was today's NFL, they know about concussions. They know about CET. They know about all these different type of things. But back then, they didn't. You know, back then, it was, you know, I'm I, I doing some research and trying to dig into things for this upcoming interview I found out that in the sometimes I believe it was in the 80s the Niners got sued and Charlie Kruger actually won because it was found out the Niners were fraudulent in releasing information about injuries. 
So a lot of things back then were swept under the rug and, and things like that. And so when you have, let's not get it mistaken, Dwight Clark was all of our hero. We all know the catch, you know, January 10th, 1982, will go down in our history forever. But this man basically's life ended because of ALS. And if it has something to do with football, I think that's wrong. Because I think that if you don't know, then how can you make an educated decision? Chris Borland made an educated decision when he said, hey, look, I know the risks of concussions. I don't feel comfortable playing football. That's fine. Okay. But if you're not given that information, how could you make the educated decision? And that's why when I found out about your project and I found out that there was three Niners who I'd never even heard of that all died within a couple of years of each other. I mean, Matt Hansel and Gary Lewis died of a month apart from each other. I was like, hold on, hold on. Okay, we got we to gotta bring these people on the show. We got to do our part into this research. So the 27 players, I went ahead and found the notes. We have 27 players are Wyatt Tittle, who was a quarterback back in the day. R.C. Owens, everybody knows him. Monty Stickles, Bruce Bozingley, Alan Beatles, Abe Wilson. I've heard of Abe Okay, I'm sorry. If I, if I saw these names, please correct me because it's going to bug me if I don't get them right. Bob That's Sinclair, what I thought. That's know. I said, yeah. Go ahead. Bob, Sin- Bob Sinclair, everybody knows number 79. Leo the Lion, which, which we just say his nickname because everybody knows who he is. Gordy Soltau, who I know he is, number 82. Billy Woodson, Devin Williams, Cass. I'm not going to even pretend to know how to say that last name. Ben, I think it's Banaschek. Uh, Banaschek. I'm not, I'm not Connelly, sure about that, but I think. <clears throat> okay, then, then your guess is as good as mine. Um, Len Rhodes, who I, I've heard of him before. Joe Perry, Joe the Jet Perry, I'm assuming. John Sturzelaski. Bruce Gossett. <laughs> Tony Cardinelli, Eric Wright, we, we should all know Eric Wright, Harry Sidney, Bill Ring, we all know who Bill Ring is, Randy Cross, George Seifert, equipment manager Chino Norton, and the very first owner of the Niners, Franklin, uh, I do not know how to pronounce this last name, Mousey? Muley. 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 Okay, now, what I really wanted to ask this question to you since you were involved with this project, I always thought the Marabilos were the ones who first owned the Niners. This man was the first owner of the Niners? Uh, yes. Tony Marabito is. Hmm. Okay, so, so those are the, the, the people who contributed to Franklin this Dillon project. Franklin was, uh, was a part owner. And one of the things that you'll discover when you, when you see this um, Mm-hmm. DVD through and through is that is that because we had a, a veteran sports um, writer, a veteran uh, commentator do the announcing on this, and he knows the history. And he, if you had any conceptions about the historical factual progression of the history of football in San Francisco – you will be so straightened out if you are um, understanding it wrong or differently because it gives a really colorful but factual accounting of what's going on since the 40s when it started in San Francisco. 
when they went out and just played for the fun of it. There weren't any um, cheerleaders. There weren't any um, uh, advertising around the edges. The stands were packed, just absolutely packed, but there were no shenanigans, like no, oh, I don't know, in Wisconsin, you know, cheese head hats and stuff like that. They were just people sitting there in very conservative attire, and but lots of them watching the game. The goalposts are different. I mean, everything is uh, was, different. The leather helmets, leather helmets, leather. I mean, see, um, yeah. I don't know if you know Martin Jacobs. He's um, an author. He's he's done quite a few books on the Niners and everything. I um, had reached out to him. His his um, Specialties is the 1950s, 1960s Niners, because that's the era he grew up in. And so, you know, cool. when I contacted him to try to get him on the show, but some things unfortunately didn't work out. Um, you know, I told him, I'm not one of these fans who believes that the Niners just all of a sudden appeared in 1981 and we never had any history before then. No, I'm, I'm totally interested in how do we – and one of the things he taught me, and I don't know if you, you've ever heard this story or maybe it's in the DVD – but everybody just kind of always assumed that we got the name the 49ers because of the gold rush. And what he said is actually, I believe it was Vic or Tony. It was one of the brothers was taking trains from San Francisco to back where the AFL or um, where the league that we were first in when we came, because we weren't in the NFL until 1950. When they were trying to discuss bringing a team to San Francisco he rode a train from San Francisco to Chicago, and this train was called the 49ers Express. And over the two, course of two, three years where he was going to these business meetings trying to get a team into San Francisco, the service he got and everything was so outstanding, he decided to name his team the 49ers. And we got our colors, which were originally um, red and cardinal and, and silver, from that train. And then the old-school logo which is, as we all, probably everybody knows by now, is the guy firing off. He has, I believe, one beer, one beer bottle in his hand, and the other hand is firing off a gun. Came off of a local <laughs> uh, beer kind of logo. And so the thing I, I really love about the beginning of the Niners is you see how football in San Francisco, we'll just leave it at that, it was very community-based. It wasn't like it was today. It was very community. It was just... You kind of went down to Kizar Stadium and you would pay your probably 25 cents for a ticket and, you know, sit there and hang out and go to Nate Park all day. It was a totally different atmosphere back in the, the 40s and 50s and 60s. You are so right. And I didn't, um, until I got into this project, I, I kind of just went along with it. Oh, it's always been glamour and glory and celebrity and all of that kind of stuff, even though. I'm older, but I'm telling you, this footage that John Brody sent in, oh, my gosh. His wife called me after the big article in the Mercury News, and she Mm -hmm. said, we have film, and we'd like to contribute film. She said, John used to have study sessions here at the house, and he had his own filmmaker take movies 16 millimeter movies i think they were and i said oh send them send them up 
anyway, we had to go through a few things in order for that to happen. But anyway, yeah. we got them and we had them, we had them transferred. And you should just see it's beautiful, beautiful um, film. Julia, I'm primed. literally getting chills. As you're just sitting there talking about that, I literally just chills went up my arm with the awesomeness. Because see the how well, I became I'll tell a you, I, Okay, go ahead. I was just real go quick. Ahead. I just I've got chills listening to you speak about what you know, and I have some ideas. You are really you've got some interesting knowledge. I'm very I was very <laughs> interested. You. Please go go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. So yeah, so we'll see. Because growing up. Growing up, I haven't really told this story on, on air, but growing up, I was a fat kid. So I was the one that was getting picked on and all that stuff. And it was my grandfather. is, is Actually, my mother is a Lions fan because she's from Detroit. My father is a Raiders fan. But it was my grandpa who got me into football. And, you know, I, everybody, I've told the story of how I sat on his lap in the 89 Super Bowl. I got off his lap, pointed at Jerry Rice, and, you know, the rest is history. Well, then, as I became a kid, I became so wrapped up into it because it was my escape. And then people started coming to me like, TJ, you know, you're a really big Niners fan. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the biggest Niners fan. And so it's always been like a passion of mine to – I feel that it's my job. If I want to be a a radio host about the Niners and write about the Niners, I need to know about the Niners. And so it's always kind of been in my passion. And it started off with the 80s and 90s, of course, because that's the era I grew up in. But then uh, my grandpa used to tell me about stories about John Brody. And that's how it kind of ties in that my grandpa, um, actually the reason he became a Niners fan, my grandpa wasn't into football when they first moved to California in the 70s. And then my grandfather met John Brody. And John Brody apparently was like the nicest guy, you know, played with my uncles and stuff like that. And you know, my grandpa had no idea who he was until somebody had told him, like, you know who that is, right? That's the quarterback for the 49ers. And so ever since then, my grandpa became a Niner fan. So I heard stories, plenty of stories growing up about John Brody. <laughs> and so uh, when, you, when you talked about John Brody, I mean, I just got chills because I could just imagine my grandfather. I could just see myself sitting in my grandpa's lap, you know, have, telling him stories about, you know, when Dick Nolan came into town and won three division championships and, you know, we were the, you know, it was, we were going to take off and then just the, the history of the team. And just when you understand, I think that people who aren't from the Bay Area or who have never been here, they hear about us Niner fans who are wine drinking and cheese eating and we're up in Napa Valley and wine tasting and golf. And then they go to, or, you know, when it was around, they would go to Candlestick or they would walk around the Bay Area and they would just really see how much this organization, this team really means to this area. And I think it would kind of throw people off. And and what I always try to tell people is that why I think that your project's going to blow it out the water is because we're not talking about the Carolina Panthers who just came around 25 years ago. We're talking about people who literally, a team that's literally been around since slightly after World War II. So, you know, we're going on 73 years of, of Niners football. Pioneers. So. Pioneers. You'll hear it over and over when you see oh, the yeah. DVD. Um, we were really football pioneers. pioneers. Really. Yeah, they were. And when you say leather so, helmet. And... Mm-hmm. There, there's oh, a song that uh, was was my favorite, uh, one of my, my songs growing up. And 
that's how I learned about it. A lot of what I learned about, too, was Niner songs. And so they said, um, let's see, the other four, uh, leather helmets were okay, Sunday was the bay to play. But they, they had little songs, and that's how I learned who Gordy Sotow was. And I kind of picked it up from them. From that's, and I remember I went to training camp at Kizar Stadium in 20, 2016, and they had one of the leather helmets from that era and I remember just looking at it like and this dude was like you want to touch it I was like I can't touch that bro like like that's a leather helmet from like I think it was from 1948 or something and you're just kind of looking at this helmet and you're just like and it's amazing to think that 1948 wasn't that long ago I mean you know my grandparents were little kids but how much football's really changed from 1948 till now we're you know 70 years ago we're in 2008 and just how much football's evolved and to me I've always well, admired I've always admired has, go ahead oh I was going to just say well I'm very encouraged to see the NFL and the players and people like Dwight Clark and everybody working together mm-hmm. You know, on this problem, to me, that's that's the most encouraging thing ever. Um, We all know that ALS doesn't just happen to football players and military, but they're far more likely than the rest of the population. But it doesn't really matter. Anybody, anybody that becomes a prisoner in their own body, it's 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 really terrible. And I'm just glad to see everybody, you know, rallying. To, let's get a cure. Let's get this thing under control. It's hideous. Let's, you know, and that's what I'm hoping to do with this DVD in a way that educates and entertains at the same time as it raises money for ALS research. Of course. Uh, the day Dwight Clark announced he had ALS was my birthday. It was my 30th first oh. birthday last year. So that kind of oh. put a little damper on my on my birthday, and I remember thinking, okay, you know, and I had never really personally seen somebody with ALS. I, I've, obviously, everybody knows the story of Lou Gehrig, and everybody knows Stephen Hawking, you know, but I remember when it really hit me, and I remember I getting, I'm, I'm getting choked up now just thinking about it, is when they brought, the Niners brought him on Dwight Clark Day, and when he, when he got out, and he, I remember listening to it on KMBR. And when they, when he just, hello, my 49ers faithful, and you just heard. And I remember looking at my, one of my best friends with tears in my eyes and said, bruh, it's, I, I, excuse my language, but I was like, this is bullshit. This fucking killing Dwight Clark. Like, I remember being a little kid, there was this 20th anniversary, or it might have been 10-year anniversary, of the catch, and AAA had put out this flip book. And I remember going through this flip book as a little kid, and you just see Dwight Clark jumping out of nowhere and grabbing this ball. And, and I remember the way my grandpa would tell me, like, Dwight Clark was a superhero, and he just jumped into the air like Superman. And, and just building him up to be, like, some, you know, Greek god or something. And then, like, I'm like, here's this man who, who to my whole life has just been built up to be the superhero. And you see him very vulnerable. And it just destroyed me. And and right then and there, I mean, I remember I was on air. I had just gotten off of air when it was announced by the Niners that White Clark had passed. And so I had to stop my outro. And 
get back on air to let people know, and I, I couldn't finish it. I was crying. I was I was just too choked up. I was like, hey, y'all look on Niners.com. I got to go. I'll see y'all later. I just couldn't talk about it. The, what, what this disease does to people is, is horrible. I did a little research leading up to this interview, and uh, Matt Miyoko uh, apparently had done a podcast talking to the doctor that worked with Bob Waters about, um, you know, trying to figure out exactly why these players were getting, you know, this disease. And I had listened to that, and only 6,000 people, I shouldn't say only, but 6,000 people a year, roughly, according to the ALS Association, are diagnosed with this disease. Considering cancer, a lot of other, you know, terminal diseases, that's really not a lot of people. But from what I've told and I've talked to people I've reached out to to kind of trying to find out, like, okay, what really is ALS? They said that, like, anybody, like, one people's too many. What this, what this disease does to your body is just, you wouldn't wish it on, wish it on your worst enemy. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's everything that you're saying is absolutely true. And I'd like to take it a step farther in terms of Dwight Clark. I was in his company mm-hmm. a couple times as a younger person, not for long, just briefly. To, we mm-hmm. chatted it up a little bit. I was so impressed with him, Dwight Clark, the person. Mm-hmm. What he mm-hmm. did physically was remarkable, but he had this charisma and this way of carrying himself that made everybody that he came in touch with feel like he was your best friend. He was so I've heard nice. many, many people. Every person that I've ever heard that has even something as simple as, Mr. Clark, can you sign this real fast? And taking two seconds out of his day to sign, you know, because I, I don't like to talk down about him because he's, you know, the GOAT. But compared to what I've heard of people who try to interact with Joe Montana, I've heard Joe Montana's not like an asshole. He's just not totally into the whole celebrity, I want to sign 50 million autographs type of thing. From every person that's ever, I've ever come in contact that's met Dwight Clark, from something as having a lunch to him with him to something as simple as stopping in the stadium, signing an autograph. He was the most humble, chillest, down-to-earth, realized. And what really choked me out is when the Niners did their video tribute to him. It was I, I played it on the show. Matter of fact, actually, I'll play it as my outro of the day, as a kind of remembrance to him. He talked about how he was so honored to be a part of the catch, and he thought it was the coolest thing in the world that it connected him to Niner fans forever. That like to the day he died, he was probably getting stopped, asking to be taken pictures with, autographs, you know, well wishes, all those type of things. Because yeah, he made the catch, but he was a a better person. And from what I've understood and and the interviews I've heard of, of him, he was very gracious and humble and, and just an overall great person to the end. I mean, nobody would have blamed Dwight Clark if he would have been an asshole. He was exactly. Nobody would have blamed Dwight Clark if he was an asshole towards the end of his life. Nobody would have blamed him. I mean, like you're going through something horrible, but he was just nice and funny and, yeah, I, I wish I could have met him. I just, I just, we just lost a great, great person to this disease. And 
when I heard the news, I just said, you know what? I got to find these tapes that we did 30 years ago. That's what these guys wanted to do 30 years ago is raise money for ALS research. And maybe we wouldn't have had to lose Dwight Clark if it had been allowed to happen 30 years ago. But I'm just asking everybody, it's only $20 for the DVD, but all the profit to ALS research. So my own kind of little personal question now, this whole thing was, did you feel, so obviously the NFL stopped you. That's why this didn't come out 28 years ago. So did you feel that it was more of a resistance of kind of trying to downplay this whole ALS and football's danger? Did you feel that that was the resistance you were getting? Or was it simply just, hey, we're the NFL and you're not going to pay us for this, so no? I felt it was a variety of circumstances. I will say this, that Archie Owens was still alive at time at the time, and he's the one that mm-hmm. broke the news to me. So apparently the NFL came to Archie and said, no, you can't do it. And I remember exactly Archie. where I was, exactly when he told me, and I was heartbroken. I was, de- I was devastated. To the point where I just had to put it away. I I put my heart and soul into it then, and I put my heart and soul into it again this time. And um, it's really good. I'm proud of it. I just saw it. We're almost ready to go to the duplicator with the DVD. Nice. Um, Well, so for everybody who – so I've seen, like I said, I've seen – the um, the copy you gave me with the press release that you emailed were so kind to email me. I went ahead and um, for everybody who's listening right now on the live broadcast, if you go to my Facebook page and go to the event that I created for this show, the DVD is right there. It's it's the cover. It's first thing that you'll see will be the DVD that she's talking about. Now it's not the D- DVD that you're gonna see, but it's kind of to give you a gist of what the project is. And, I mean, this looks amazing. Obviously, some of the footage is dated. You know, we go, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Kizar Stadium. So we're talking about a stadium that last was played in in 1970. So, you know, but just if you're, if you're listening to the show right now, you're already, we already know you're a diehard Niner fan. You're a faithful. That, that, you're, y'all are the reasons I make the show. Y'all know this. So, Everybody who wants to put an RIP Dwight Clark on their Facebook, everybody who wanted to go out and buy an 87 throwback, everybody that's going to go to, they're going to probably have a Dwight Clark day this year. Everybody that's going to go do all that stuff, go ahead, do it. You know, everybody that's put Dwight Clark's picture as a profile picture. But if you really want to send Dwight Clark uh, a real big, you know, this is for Dwight Clark, take $20 out of your pocket. It's not that big of a deal. It's $20. Take $20 out your pocket. Buy this DVD. You get a cool piece of Niner history. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you can't get these interviews anywhere else. So you're getting something. I mean, mm-hmm. R.C. Owens is, is gone, unfortunately. We lost R.C. Owens. So you're never going to see get an interview with R.C. Owens again. Wyatt Tittle is gone. Um, John Brody's gone. So some of these players no, John- on this. Oh, no, no, no. John Brody's was still with us. I apologize. You are right. John Brody's still with us. Right. I yeah. apologize. I apologize. No problem. John Brody is still no. with us. 
Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, Mr. Brody, if you're listening, I don't want you dead, bro. I love you. You're my grandpa's favorite quarterback. Um, even better than Joe Montana. So that's a big reach out. Yeah, that's saying something because I think every Niner fan's favorite quarterback is Joe Montana. Um, he's my favorite quarterback. Well, Steve Young was my favorite quarterback, but Joe Montana's you know the greatest quarterback of all time, and I barely remember watching him play. The only thing I really remember about Joe Montana was being um, me and my mother had just came back from Seven Eleven. The first time I got a 7-Eleven Slurpee with all the flavors, and my mom turned it on KMB, um, uh, KFRC, which is an oldie station out here in the Bay Area, and they came on with uh, Die Clark and that bye-bye, Miss American Pie, and they said, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Montana has just been traded to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I looked over at my cousin, and my cousin was crying. My cousin was heartbroken when, when, when the Niners traded Joe. So that's the, the, the really only Joe Montana memory I really have, but... Yeah, so um, I mean, we re- re- reach in this pocket, take out twenty dollars, um, of course, and spread the word. If we... you know other Forty ers yeah. that that love love the team and are faithful and so forth, this would make the greatest birthday present, the greatest Christmas present, the greatest yeah. Hanukkah present, the greatest for any occasion ever. Most definitely, I, I I've called my mother today and told her, look, I already know what I want for Christmas. <laughs> like straight up, I already called my mom and 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 told her, look, I, I talked to my aunt, I talked to a couple of Niner fans in my family, and I've told them, look, this is what y'all getting for Christmas. So, I mean, um, I don't care if you want socks or whatever. This is what you're getting for Christmas. If y'all really want to send Dwight Clark's memory, let's end this disease. Let let let's do it. I mean, we we might not find a cure tomorrow. We might not find a cure maybe ever, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. And that doesn't mean we can't make progress. And to think about how that man must have spent his last couple days, you know, and to think that if that ever, if that had to do with something to do with football, I can't consciously as a Christian man, live with myself not knowing that I can't that I didn't do anything this man if this man basically killed himself playing football for my favorite team and I don't do nothing I don't know how you're going to live with yourself honestly like I'm not trying to be an asshole I'm not trying to be a dick but sorry but um I'm being real if if this man if these people are dying playing freaking football and and you can't reach in your pocket and reach out $20, you know, I don't even want you to listen to my show, bro, because you're a heartless person. Because, I mean, this, this for our entertainment, I mean, I love football just as much as anybody. I, I live and breathe with football. It's not a game, it's a lifestyle to me. But at the end of the day, it's worth nobody's life. And so people would still do this for us, for our entertainment, for us, the fans. The least we can do is reach in our pocket and say, hey, you know what, if this helps with y'all, when because... I think what people a lot a problem with a lot of Americans is they see Jimmy G Cool for example, and they see him sign a contract for 137 and a half million dollars, but they don't realize not everybody makes that type of money, especially in the 80s. Uh, there was quite a few stories of I believe it was John Brody that sold cars in the off season. 
or, or there was somebody on, on one of the old school Niners teams sold cars in the off. I'm, I'm pretty sure, Julia, you know stories about that, right? The players having to get jobs in the off season because they didn't make that much money. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you heard about it all the time. Ninety three hundred dollars, and it's you can hear it. It's in the it's in the DVD. They it's discussed. Some of the stories talk oh, about it. Exactly. So any Niner fan, I never blame people for not knowing something. If you don't know who these players are, that's perfectly okay. I don't know who some of these players are. And I'm probably the biggest Niner fan you'll ever meet, especially for only being 32. But that's okay. But that's why you buy this DVD and you learn. And when, when people try to talk down on your franchise, you can tell them, hey, look, football didn't start just in San Francisco in, 1980, in 1981. We have a rich history of, of football here in the Bay Area that a lot of people don't know. I mean, uh, one of the one of the things I always thought was the coolest thing about learning about older Niner teams was a lot of the players were from the Bay Area. You know, they would simply, you know, you would play at Cal or St. Mary's or Stanford or San Jose State or wherever, and you would just be drafted by the Niners. And so it was kind of a well, – I think it, what ingrained it in the community so much was these are people that you went to school with. Or that you grew up watching playing at Cal or, you know, in high school football. And so the cool thing about the Niners is, you know, like uh, Buck Shaw. Matter of fact, I, I live right – my uh, daughter lives right down the street from Buck Shaw Stadium in Santa Clara. Buck Shaw was our first, first coach. Buck Shaw was the Niners' first coach. He coached right here in Santa Clara. Frankie Albert was from uh, – well, I should believe Frankie Albert was from Menlo Park if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but, you know, so when exactly George is... George uh, Seifert was. George Seifert was George Seifert, from the Bay Area. George Seifert talked about being a, um uh usher at Kizar Stadium. Yes, he did. And then, he talked, he Seifert, talked about running around picking up, picking up uh, R.C. Owens and Wyatt Tittle's chin straps when the game was over. That's what he was yeah. after. When he was an usher. Oh, that's that's. I mean, just to hear about those stories. Um, I have been to Kizar Stadium a couple times, not just for that uh, preseason game, uh, that that training camp, opening practice, but just as one day um, when the Giants won the World Series in 2012, I went down for the the parade, and I happened to just be at Golden Gate Park, and I have um, a book called Levi's. Uh, or Kizar to Levi's, and it's about all the different, the three stadiums that the Niners have played in. And so I just happened to know that Kizar Stadium was at the end of Golden Gate Park. I looked at my friends, I was like, I got to go to Kizar Stadium, bro. Like, that's like an Elvis fan visiting Graceland. You know, if you're a Niners fan, you got to go to Kizar Stadium. And it's so cool. I remember talking to one of the people that was working there at the training camp, used to be an usher at Kizar Stadium when he was a kid. He, he was telling me all sorts of stories about how you used to be able to sneak into the games and, and, you know, players would toss their jerseys in the stands and just all these cool stories that, that you, that, that I'm, I just, I know there are going to be in this DVD because how could you not tell stories like that? I mean, uh, about how long is it, Julia? It's about 40 minutes long. And I also want to emphasize too, that there's some 
funny things in there. Oh, my gosh. And I'm not going to tell you what, but there's some funny stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to do everything in between. It's it's just really cool. You don't know how giddy I am about this. Like, I want to watch it so bad because, as to me, you you know how you'll have people that are really obsessed with World War II, and they just watch every oh, movie yeah. about World War II. I'm like that with the Niners, like Diner history. I don't care. It could be from 19. If we were around in 1837, I wouldn't care. Just throw, just throw me on something about the Niners, and I can – because to me, I like learning things like that. I like learning little tidbits. Like, for example, uh, my the mother of my children, I actually got a, um, a date with her because I won a bet with a friend. We, we were debating on whether who was going to ask who out, and we had a bet on uh, who, who got to ask her out, and – the question was, who scored the first touchdown in 49ers Super Bowl history? And I just happened to know it was Joe Montana on a one-yard quarterback sneak. And that was the right answer. So I like learning little tidbits like that. Like, nobody would know that. Like, who knows who scored the first touchdown in Niners Super Bowl history? Well, I just happened to know that because I'm a weirdo, and I study weird Niner facts like that. But – um. So uh, when exactly do we are we anticipating that the DVD is going to be uh, available for release? Okay, well, let me talk about this a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, it, is, it is scheduled for release July 15th. But in order to make that deadline, we have to go to, um, to print, so to speak, the duplicator, in other words, by... Wednesday of this week well the NFL wants time to review it and we think ALS should have a chance to review it before it's made public just to make sure that I didn't do anything wrong and violate any copyrights or anything like that just to be on the safe side so we may be postponing it somewhat but it will be out definitely by the end of July it will be okay. out. One way or the okay, other, well, it will be out. And I can keep you posted on that. I was just going to say, if you could send me an email or Facebook, you know, you have my email. So, yeah, just if you could go ahead and send me an email. And like you said, you all said you were going to post something on Facebook. I'll go ahead and like your Facebook page and everything like that. And I would have absolutely no problem with blowing it the hell up. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the... Everybody that's involved with Niner Faithful Radio and my Facebook page and the Niner groups I'm a part of will know that your DVD is available. I promise you that. <laughs> Just like as soon as we're done with the show, I, I have 166 Facebook groups. I post my blogs and my show, show in every week. So uh, I promise you the word will get out that this DVD is available <laughs> most definitely. As soon as you let me know, I would, I'm going to blow, blow this up. <laughs> Just remember that, um, I mean, part of its charm is the fact that it's got old footage, you know, um, and we've got people in it that were the first players, like Alan Beals and so forth. So just remember that the technology has changed, and you can see the technology changing as as the videotape 
as the DVD goes on and becomes more current. But it's all the way through the 80s, from the beginning of football in San Francisco, all the way through the 80s on this one. And I wanted to say before we get, get off the um, the program that if people have material, if they have yes, that, get into that. that they have copyright to do like the Brodies did and send it to us because we are planning a sequel from the eighties oh. forward, and nice. we will be working on that next. And so, please, fans, please send us your stuff. We can't be in violation of copyright, so if you've got your own pictures, your own photographs, your own footage, whatever, get it to us, and we can teach you how to do that digitally. Um, and, of course, photos you can scan. But um, the more participation we have from the fans, the richer it will become over time. Yes, most, yes, most definitely. Um well, yeah, I see. She just said that to me right now. I just learned that as, as y'all learned that. So you could probably hear the excitement in my voice when you said you're going to do a sequel. I was like, sweet. Um, well, yeah, I have tons of stuff that, um, that I personally took that I didn't know that you were doing from the 80s forward. So, yeah, I have tons of stuff that I can send y'all. I have videos. I have – I've taken a million pictures. I have stuff from Candle. I have very little from Candlestick, but I have a few things from Candlestick. That um yeah I can go ahead and send you whatever I got that's that's yeah and, and, and any fan that does credit, I know you know you don't have photo credit it'll say you know your name and um and anybody else's name that sends sends in stuff it'll it you'll see it on this you know yeah. Sue Brody you know photo credit so I'm you'll not see it I'm not this. worried about I'm not worried about getting photo credit this is. This isn't something I'm doing for fame. This is just something I'm doing so that tonight I can sleep well, knowing that I did my part to try to honor a Niner legend in Dwight Clark and even Matt Henselton and, you know, Bob Waters. And, I mean, from what I learned about Bob Waters doing the research, that he was a, he was a great Niner and he was a great man. Like, he, this man coached five years with ALS. After he's, he is diagnosed with ALS, he still continues to coach football for five years. Why he's I know. And from what I and from what I understood is this was all new. You know, this was all it wasn't like people knew these tests and things like that. This was all very experimental. So this man's basically having experiments done on him while continuing to coach football. I mean, the heart of a niner is is should never be challenged for anybody that's ever put on the red and gold. The, 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 oh man, I can't even explain the, the awesomeness of this man. Uh, Gary Lewis was from San Francisco. He went to a high school that doesn't, doesn't even exist anymore that was right across the street from Levi Stadium. Uh, not Levi, uh, Kizar Stadium. So doing this research, this is why I'm so glad that I got a hold of you because it sparked an excitement in me that I haven't felt for a while because I thought I knew a lot more about the Niners than apparently I did. And I'm excited because now I get to learn even more. <laughs> the, well, you're going to hear, like a you're kid gonna hear Ricky, Ricky Ellison sums it up, and I'm not going to tell you what he says, but he sums it up. And, That's awesome. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. You're, you're just, it's loaded with surprises, and it's so fun. 
And then uh, probably what we're going to end up doing, I got to talk to some my producer and see what we can get a budget. Probably what we'll do is we'll probably just buy some off of you when it comes out for the show and, and just give them away on the show to some callers. We'll, we'll, we'll buy them from you because, you know, this is all going to a great cause. We don't care about paying for it. And we'll just go ahead and buy some for you to get to get some out to the fans oh, and everything like that. Oh, that's wonderful of you. We well, are well, so Julia, lucky when, to when, have you. When, when, well, God works in mysterious ways. It was clearly that God had the man reach out to you from the Mercury News. Um, my actually producer, who's not here right today, she's the one that pointed it out to me. She actually, I was getting ready for the show, and she's the one that messaged me like, hey, did you know that three Niners in the 80s from a six, the 6014 died of ALS too? And I was like, I didn't even know that. Save the, and she's like, it's in the Mercury News. I was like, save the paper for me. I'll read it when I'm done with the show. And so she saved it for me. And as soon as I got um, the email that was out in the, um, the paper, I instantly hit it up. And it was like, I have to reach out to this lady because what she's doing is amazing. I, I'm, I'm proud to say that you and me are fans of the same franchise. And I, I'm proud to say that you are an amazing woman and what you are doing for Dwight Clark's memory should be applauded a million times. This is an amazing thing. I, from what I can tell and read and researched and we've talked for, for the, about the last hour, it sounds like um, you really put your heart and soul into this. So before we let you go, Julia, why don't you go ahead and give all of my listeners all the information that they possibly need to send a, uh, to purchase the DVD and to go ahead and send you any type of footage that they would love to donate. Oh, thank you so much for this and for everything. No problem. The information no problem. is as follows. Go to the 1,000 plus video, and that's 1,000. The, the, the number 1,000 plus is P-L-U-S video, V-I-D-E-O dot video. Not dot com, not dot net. 1,000 plus video dot video and it will have all the information on how to contact us all the information on how to order everything's there and um, I'm just really excited to see what happens as a result of this this has been a a wonderful wonderful hour thank you so much no problem um I have a feeling that this is going to blow up. I have a feeling that Dwight Clark is going to smile on us from heaven. I remember when before I signed out the show, uh, uh, probably about two weeks ago, I said, look, heaven's building one hell of a football team. They got Dwight Clark. They got Freddie Solomon. They got R.C. Owens. They got Bill Walsh. They're starting to put together a hell of a football team. <laughs> you know, uh, so let's hope that they don't get – Let's hope that their football team doesn't get any better anytime soon, though. I think they'll be all right with those players for a little bit. (laughs) Well, I think the 49ers have a lot of really good-hearted angels watching over them. That's what I think. We do. I've always said God's a Niner fan. All right, Julia, well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. May God bless you and, and, and bless your future endeavors. Thank you very, very much. And let's stay in touch, okay? No problem. We would love to. Go Niners. Oops, I actually didn't mean to hang up on her right then and there. But, um, 
Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. But before we do, let me remind you to go to SeatGiant.com, use the promo code NinerFaithfulRadio to save on all your ticket purchases. That's SeatGiant.com and use the promo code NinerFaithfulRadio. Also, Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Please email me at NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com for details, or you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I shall see y'all next week. Peace, love, and happiness. Go Niners. Oh, and also, I will go ahead and put all the information to get in contact with Julia and purchase the DVD or send them any footage. I'll go ahead and and put something on Niner Faithful Radio's uh, social media. Peace, love, and happiness. See y'all next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Go Niners. and humbled by it all um, I don't you know I I think what I love about it the most is that it's connected me with 49er fans for the rest of time because I didn't realize it at the time that people would keep talking about it but they not only talk about it they pass it down through the generations just to be a part of a play the uh, magical season and a magical game, and then like the exclamation point on a on a on a great game um, to be a part of that play that helped get our team to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, blessed, humbled, uh, very thankful just to uh, to be able to be in the 49ers memories forever. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.